Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I mean, most stories that, that we're drawn to are family stories, you know? It's mm-hmm. like that's the thing that is, for all of us, we have those connections with our family whether you're close to your family or not it's like those things help form who you are so i I definitely feel like the you know being a dad has really kind of shifted the kind of stories i want to tell hello and welcome to another episode of balancing acts in this conversation i talk to writer and director dugan o'neill Hello, I'm Steve Whiteley and welcome to Balancing Acts, a series of conversations with an array of creatives. We talk about their journey, the struggles they faced whilst progressing their career, strategies they use to unlock their creativity, how they balance their career with their personal lives, what impact this has had on their mental health and lots more. Dugan hails from California. He's directed music videos for the likes of Duck Sauce, Haim, Temper Trap, and a load of commercials, each as hilarious as the last. He's had over seven Vimeo staff picks. He was a staff writer on DreamCorp LLC, the animated series on Adult Swim. And he's also a father of two. I think it's two. We'll go with two. This was a really great conversation. Dugan's been directing for a long time. He's experienced in the game and it was fascinating to hear his insight into how he finds a sense of balance between his directing work, his life as a dad, and also his journey into becoming a successful filmmaker, working across music videos, commercials, and scripted projects. He talks about how he also finds a sense of balance between his long-form projects and short-form work. We get into plant medicine and him talking about the insights that he's discovered throughout that process and loads more. If you are a writer, director, aspiring writer, director, filmmaker, then this is the conversation for you if you can hear i don't know if you can detect but my voice i feel my voice sounds deeper than usual it's because i've been seeing this breathing coach because i've mentioned before that i do the likes of tie boxing and it's done a load of damage to my back over the years and so i was recommended to see this guy who basically believes that a lot of injuries stem from not breathing deeply enough into our diaphragm. So I'm seeing this guy in the moment and it's the most painful thing. He's prodding and poking me in under my rib cage, under my diaphragm. I'm thrashing around. I said to him last week, I was like, I'd imagine this is like the closest feeling you'd get to what it's like to being eaten alive by an animal because you're going into places that never your, your body would never normally be used to. 
And he said, yeah, that might be true, but the idea is we're going to make you so fast that you're going to be able to run away from any wild animals that come your way. I like the sentiment, but I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to run that fast. But uh, that aside, yeah, I think because I have been breathing deeper into my diaphragm, my baritone is uh, sounding on point. Anyway, without further ado, over to Dugan. Duggan, thank you very much for joining me, man. Really appreciate it. No worries. Dugan. I said to my girlfriend before, is it Duggan or Dugan? And she said it was Duggan. No, she, it's okay. Well, I think I think a lot of people do. I think Duggan, I think is D-U-G-G-A-N. Okay. There's a lot of Duggans. Yeah. Because I think, uh, you know. Dugan's more of a rarity. I mean, that's how I've always said it. And my parents say it. So maybe, okay. maybe I've been saying it wrong this whole time. I don't know. <laughs> We'll go with Dugan. Yeah, Dugan. All right. Well, Dugan, thank you very Dugan, much for uh, Dugan. It's your name. Um, <laughs> it's, I think we're off to a fantastic rapport. Kicked we off. are really it, doing it. It can only go downhill from here, I think. Yeah. Um, I know. Well, you, you, we covered the name. We covered what else the name. Is there? There's not much else to cover. You know? I mean, I think people are going to come away from this with real insight into you and what you're about. I um, mean, if you want to know the full name, my name is Dugan Gundelfinger O'Neill. So my, dad's, my dad was a rock and roll photographer. And he went by the name, I mean, his, his, you know, birth name is Tom Gundelfinger, Tommy Gundelfinger, Gundelfinger, very Bond villain vibe. And when he, and he did a bunch of work, you know, he worked with the Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, they did Deja Vu cover, did a bunch of like, you know, Jim Croce, um, Joni Mitchell and B.B. King, like, you know, had this incredible career. Then 10 years after he moved out of LA, he met my mom. And when they got married, they were Tom and Molly Gundelfinger. But as soon as they knew they were going to have a son, he didn't want to pass the name on. So he took my mom's last name. So that's the full story. If, we're, if we want to get into names. Did you ever think about taking the name back? I did, but it was, it was a little too late. It was a little too late. I, I actually explored it maybe like a couple years ago. And it's I quite a unique some, name. It's a very unique name. A lot of people... They, I, you get two reactions. You either get people being like, oh my God, that's an amazing name. Or people would be like, Gundel, what? Yeah. What did you just say? You know, like, so those are the two reactions. And I kind of, you know, I, a part of me wishes that I had taken the name back um, earlier in my career, just, you know, established that name. Mm. But I feel like it was a, it was a little, I don't know, too late, maybe too confusing. And my name's already Dugan, which is already kind of a, you know, not a, you know common name yeah. and a lot of my reps were like dude don't change your name <laughs> it talked me out of it yeah you're already i do, I do have google. a friend who's what's that you're already high at the google rankings it's gonna fuck everything it's gonna fuck everything up there's only <laughs> one dugan o'neill right you know uh but i did i did think about it um pretty heavily so we are at a, a sim- similar ish my grandfather grandfather went under a different surname it was originally Weisbaum, and he changed it in the Second World War because he was worried it sounded a little bit Jewy. So he mm-hmm. changed it to an English surname, Whiteley. And um, when I was doing stand-up, I was doing this alter ego. It was like this parody of a spoken word artist. And I decided to just call him Weisbaum. I changed the spelling to O-W-M uh, to just make it sound a little bit more, I don't know, it sounded a little bit more street, rolled off the tongue a little bit more street-like. Mm-hmm. That was my sort of nod of respect to him to the family yeah. 
yeah you keep it in the it's in the it's still in the the mythology i mean i do like the idea that you know that i'm honoring my my the the matriarch of our family you know the the my mom's side um so that's that i think that's pretty special um and my my grandfather on on my mom's side frank o'neill was a was a pretty well-known cartoonist and where i grew up you know she she lived there her whole life so a lot of people knew the the o'neill so so you know it's all good but gunnelfinger definitely works its way into some of the projects though okay i don't know if i did i did i did a i did a commercial for this uh thing called cabbage uh and um they needed a name like a a a funny name in the the spot and they couldn't get the clearing for the name that they had written so i threw gunnelfinger in there and it it made you know you booked the Gunnelfinger account, you know, it's like, it's in there. So, you know, it, it, it makes on. its way in. Yeah. Fantastic. So you've yeah. got creativity in there. You've got a history of creativity in the family then. So I guess yeah. for you to go into something like filmmaking, uh, it was kind of a natural process. It's not like you've come from a family where, you know, your dad's an accountant. Um, yeah. And so it, it's kind of more of a, I guess, a, a natural leap in that direction. It was very natural, very organic. I mean, I, I grew up with cameras all around the house. I was, I was assisting my dad, you know, shooting 35 millimeter and loading medium format cameras when I was like 12, you know, I I worked for him a lot. So, and then eventually, you know, as I got a little older, I was like, uh, you know, a second shooter on, he did a lot of weddings, okay, um, photograph weddings and things like that. So I, I, you know, he did everything, but I would assist him a lot. And so, yeah, I just got very comfortable with, I mean, that's what he taught me was like composition and framing. And, you know, he's a very um, intuitive artist. Like he's, he, you know, he, he works with a lot of feeling. He's very feeling based with, with his, uh, I mean, he knows the mechanics of photography, but he's a very, um, you know, he's a very uh, special guy. So I, I, kinda, I definitely learned, and he's also an amazing people person like the way he works with people and and makes people feel comfortable and they kind of let their guard down because he's such a you know um kind of sweet and sincere person so you know i learned a lot from just watching him and then you know i played music a lot and you know would started making little videos on vhs camera like a lot of people my age a lot of directors my age and then um and my dad always dreamed of being a director but he just didn't have the the confidence because it was you know it was a different time you had to you know, it wasn't like you had digital cameras laying around. So like to go shoot something, you had to spend quite a bit of money to, to process the film. Sure. But he made, he made some music videos for Steppenwolf that were shot on 16. And I see. So it was, it was very much a, a natural evolution. You know, I, I felt like I was just taking it to the next step, I guess, um, of what I was kind of brought up with. Um, but they were always very uh, supportive of, of, of that, but it was, there was never any question that I was going to do something creative. I, I, for a while, I, I thought I was going to be in bands and playing music. Um, and then I, I, for a minute there, I kind of went harder in, in the direction of photography just because it, it, the digital cameras hadn't caught up yet. Like the only thing that, you know, when I was like 18, 19, it was like the, the Canon, what was it? GL one. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mini DV, you know, it just didn't yeah. look so like, I, I, I liked shooting photos then because, you know, you could get, you could still relatively cheaply, you know, in, in a cheap way, shoot film. And then, you know, um, so you could make great images and 
I just, it didn't, you know, the digital video cameras hadn't caught up. So I just wasn't like happy with the little short, the look of the shorts that I was doing. Okay. Um, granted if, if, if like I was growing up, you know, coming up right now with like an iPhones everywhere and just how good those, those cameras look, I would, I would have been making stuff a lot sooner, I feel like, but yeah, so it was a very natural process. And so did you go on to study at film school? No, I went to, I didn't, I'm very dyslexic. Um, so school was always a little bit of a challenge. Uh, you know, I figured out that if I always did my homework, I would get, you know, B's and C's. I was never a good test taker just, you know, because of my dyslexia. Um, and that was, you know, I, I, by the time that I really knew that I wanted to, to, to be a filmmaker, it was kind of like, basically at the end of my senior year, I discovered like Final Cut Pro, the first version of Final Cut Pro. And when I saw that I could edit and make something start to finish, because for so long I was just like cutting it on a VHS, you know, shoot one little bit and you're like, oh, I need to redo that. You rewind, <laughs> you know, you're editing in camera. Um, but it really, it really was clear, like at the end of my senior year, and I'd already kind of um, uh, applied to some different schools. The one film school that I, that, I, that I applied to that I was really excited about, I didn't get into, I didn't have the grades. So I ended up going to Arizona State um, just because I wanted to get out of, you know, my environment, just try something totally new. Um, and I took as many film classes as I could there. And then I eventually dropped out after a couple of years and moved to LA and just started working on, uh, on films and, you know, was a PA grip, uh, electrician, art department, you know, a lot of like small independent movies and kind of non-union, uh, TV shows that would shoot out in Simi Valley. So that was kind of my film school, okay. I, you know, because, because that was a grip. I got to be on set a lot and I would always ask the, you know, who I was working for to like, to just kind of be more in the action. So I just would sit there and watch and just kind of see how a set operated. And from there I started, you know, just making my own stuff, you know, asking bands to do music videos for them. This is even before YouTube. So I've, I did several <laughs> music videos that like, didn't, you know, like you just had them on your computer. There was nowhere to, yeah, really, yeah. or, you know, maybe you put them on MySpace. Um, so, uh, so I did that for several years. And then a friend of mine asked me to come and uh, shoot and edit uh, this kind of low budget TV show for a magician named Franz Harari. So I worked for him for, I think, two years editing, you know, stage illusions that he'd shot overseas. And this was like this little TV show that was packaged for like Germany and Southeast Asia. <laughs> and this guy was a character and it was, uh, it was yeah, so we'd shoot his illusions. And, and so that was really fun. Um, but yeah, I just kept, I kept just doing stuff and making shorts and, and, um, you know, finding creative people that I was inspired by and collaborating with them. And eventually me and a friend of mine made this series called two renegade cops, which got picked up by fuel TV. It was on a, it was on a show called stupid face, which was basically like a, you know, a series of shorts that it was kind of like what funnier die presents did on HBO, but okay. And there were some amazing people on there, Andre Highland and and um, a few other incredible people that that uh, Duncan Trussell was involved. There's a lot of people that were like went on to do really cool stuff. And so from there, I, I kind of got into to doing more comedy. Um, and then so was I, that was was I, a comedy thing by um, was that almost like an accidental journey? It was an, or it was an accident. Always into comedy. I mean, I I. I, I 
I've always loved making people laugh, but it was never something where I'm like, oh, I want to be a comedian. Okay. I want to, I want to do comedy. It was very much by accident. It was just by, you know, the, just purely having fun. And a lot of times I would make little shorts and stuff where it was just me, a camera and a tripod, you know? So I, th I think it's a lot easier to make something funny for me in that type of situation rather than do something that's like, you know, tr dramatic. Yeah. Um, but like the, you know, the stuff that I was inspired by, I mean, obviously there's some, you know, Wayne's world is like a huge <laughs> influence, but like, it, you know, the films and the filmmakers I've been inspired by are, are not comedic filmmakers, you know? Okay. So, um, yeah, it was very much by accident and it was just something that just happened. Right. Um, and it was just one of those things where I would, you know, as I, as I was doing stuff, I'd go make, you know, I'd make some silly short film and then I'd go do you know, a music video that was much more, that wasn't a comedy. It was like more of a sincere, heartfelt, you know, just um, way of storytelling. And it was just funny to watch. I kind of was just, would listen just like people, you know, what people really resonated with. So that people would be like, I love that thing you made, but dude, that, that silly video made, that was so good. So I just kind of, you know, I think it's good sometimes to listen to what the reflection is of, of your work. It's just, what kind of um connects with people yeah. um so but i you know i i definitely the stuff that i i'm still developing like longer form it's like you know has funny moments yeah um some things are more you know overtly comedic and some things have you know it's more like funny in certain moments but it's a, a more of a dramatic story so you know i i don't know the best the best stuff it's a lot harder to do with something that's so short, you know, with, with commercials and things like that. Yeah. It has to be very specific about what your reel is. And it's a whole, there's a whole way that the reps kind of market you to agencies and things like that. So the more specific your reel is, you know, I think the easier it is for them, but, um, you know, longer form, it's like the, you know, the best stuff is, and the best filmmakers, sometimes they do, you know, Coen brothers, like sometimes they'll do something that's a total comedy. Sometimes they'll do something that's like, you know, a noir or like, you know, dramatic yeah. Western. So, you know, I, ultimately I, I would love to do kind of a, a mixture, but comedy was definitely an accident and I do love it. I mean, it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I feel it's very comfortable space like, for me. To you, I was going to say, I mean, you've got a natural flair for it and I feel like you've got a very a quiet, I guess, based on what you were just saying now about, you know, reps wanting a, a, a specific to sort of tone to the real, your comedy has like quite a distinctive tone to it. Oh, um, thank you. So, I mean, I think, and, and that's the thing, you know, coming in the comedy world, people, it's always like, oh man, you know, you've got to find your voice, man. You've got to find your voice. And, and people spend ages trying to do that. I think, you know, it sounds like from what you're saying that that kind of happened organically without you even trying to really sort of ask that question. What is, what's my, yeah. style? what's my tone of voice just by just experimenting. I think, I think it comes through by just making the thing. If you're, if you're making something authentically, you're, it'll be clear what your voice is, you know, if you're doing something that's really, you know, you know, true to you. And I think it's, I think it's, and some people have a more clear voice than others. You know, some people are kind of, you know, they're, they're, maybe they're, uh, the things they're inspired by comes through more. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, if, if it's, if it's, uh, authentic and you're really just like coming from that pure place, like the voice will come through, you know, um, that's the way I see it, but I don't, I don't know. And yeah, you... and com comedy is definitely, you know, sometimes I, I look at these, you know, cause I do pri primarily commercials at the moment Yeah, and you know, it's hard, it's harder <laughs> in what way, you know, like, 
Well, you know, I look at like I sometimes uh, I'm a little envious of my friends who are like go off and do like a, a sports thing. And I'm like, you get an amazing DP, an amazing okay. athlete or actor yeah. or, you know, interesting looking, you know, and just like you just shoot a bunch of stuff and you're not it, it's not trying to be like if, like with comedy. If it's not funny, it's not working. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So, so I think with, with something where you can hide a lot by like just making it look incredible, like some things it just it just looks amazing, and obviously you want that feeling behind it. But you know, sometimes you have like a script or a joke that doesn't quite work on. You know, maybe it's funny on the page, but once you get into the scene, you have to kind of find it and really, you know, start to sculpt how it's funny and and sculpt the scene and get the performances, and then you also have an agency and client that like you know, want to throw out ideas. So you have to keep, you know, it's it definitely, I feel like is, um, as far as in the commercial world, I think comedy is definitely, I think, uh, harder. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it, yeah, exactly. It's, it's so much down to the performance. Like on, on that front, do you try and spend as much uh, time as possible with the cast in advance or do you, um, do you have moments where you allow improv on set or is it a different approach, I guess, with each project? It's a different approach with these projects, a different approach with, with different actors. You know, you kind of have to play to their strengths. That's what I tend to do. I think I don't spend, you know, with commercial, you don't really get that much time with them beforehand, but mm. it's really about just, you know, making the right, right decision in the casting and the callbacks. Like that's, that's your make or break. And, you know, I always look for someone who, you know, brings something to it that I didn't think about, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So it's about, it's about like, you know, I look at the way I like to think of it with like getting performances and casting is like, you want to get to underneath, underneath the sweater is a really cool vintage t-shirt. Okay. You just, and you want to pull the thread of that sweater and eventually it's going to reveal that t-shirt. Nice. nice. <laughs> it's a real weird analogy, but it's really, it's like, you I know, like you it. Say, I think I'm going to steal that. You can take it. Yeah. You can take that. Any, yeah. Any of, any of these. Um, yeah, it's like you, you, it's really like you, you just keep pulling the thread, you mm. know, like they do that one thing that makes you laugh and then you just, you kind of push that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think, I think I do, uh, and on the day, if, if they're really giving a lot of good stuff with the improv, um, then I'll, I'll, I'll definitely push them in that direction. Sometimes it's just like getting the right reactions, um, you know, and making sure that it's, you know, it's, it's, it's very organic process. I don't really have like a, a methodology. Yeah. It's just about like, it's just about really being in the moment and kind of trying to find what is, what is working and what's funny about their performance and this and the scene. Yeah. And do you, yeah. you mentioned before about collaboration, do you still collaborate with this, with the same crew for, for your projects or is it very. From uh, in the beginning I did, I, I collaborated more. I had like kind of like a, a, you know, group of, of friends that I like kind of came up with. And as, as we all got older, people got busy and, you yeah, know, sure. more successful in different ways. And so now I, I just use the opportunity to work with, you know, people that whose work I'm really inspired by. And, you know, with commercials, it's nice. Like I just worked with Darius Wolski, who, you know, is a, a pretty well, you know, established DP. He shoots for Ridley Scott primarily. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of incred other Incredibles, uh, cinematographer Christian Springer, um, Larkin Seeple. There's a lot of like great people to um, that are that are out there, and it's like commercials are, are like a fun way to kind of just get into a flow with someone. Um, and you know, there's like there's so many other DPs that I, you know, 
I'm excited to work with in production designers, but I, de- I definitely have like a, you know, a group of, of people and friends that, that, you know, if they're available and the timing works, then, then, uh, you know, I really enjoy working with. So. And talking on the idea of balance, do you feel like you've got a good balance between working on your commercial work and then uh, also on the scripted side of things? Or do you feel like you're primarily on and working on short form and commercial, but you'd like to ideally spend more time developing long form projects? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, in my opinion, you, you, you need, unless you're, um, independently wealthy in another way you you need the commercials to kind of carry you through because i've been developing a movie now that's been almost two and a half maybe three years okay um that you know took several years to write the script and now it's in this like you know going through rights issues and and uh, you know eventually it's going to get made but it's like you know you put a lot it takes a lot of time to develop these things um you know i had a show briefly set up at fx and just like for the the time it took for the deal to go through with that, just like the timing is and the pacing of, of that world is, is really slow. So it, it makes sense that like, if you're only in that world, you have 10 things going on. So, you know, everything has its own kind of pacing about when it's going to go and, you know, when you're going to see any uh, financial benefits from those. So the commercials really help with that. Um, and for me, it seems like lately commercials have been very seasonal. Like I usually get really busy from like now until, um, you know, the end of the year mm-hmm. and then the spring is usually a little slower. So, and you know, it's like, it, there's, I, I have time to, to, to work on other stuff. Um, you know, I think that's the nice thing about, about doing commercials is that it really is, you know, you get really busy for a couple of weeks or a month and then you could, you have a little bit of time to you know kind of get back into your life it, it is you know i would say the biggest challenge is more with like my family life i have two small kids and you know it's hard for my wife and kids because i'm they, i it goes from me being you know more or less a a working stay-at-home dad to like you know next thing i'm no i'm you know shooting in mexico city or something for two weeks um so it's hard for them to find it's hard to find a rhythm here as far as like you know, the support that I'm able to give, um, you know, with the family. So what do you do in those situations, I guess, because it's sometimes so last minute, right? You just, you also get, yeah, the next thing you know, yeah, exactly. So do so you, you, just, have, you have strategies in place? Go, right. Okay. This is the plan. I've got the job. Let's get out the document. We know, yeah, let's take everything off the list. We know we do. I mean, military run operation. Yeah. It's getting better. Like we're right. getting more of that. I mean, uh, you know, we used to fly a family member in to, to, to help, you know, with the kids. Okay. Um, now it's the, as the kids are getting a little older, um, uh, my wife's able to, to kind of handle things here and, and keep things moving, especially if they're in uh, school. So that's, that helps. So I think it's, it's slowly getting a little easier and also because of everything's changed a little bit. So I don't usually leave for the same amount of time because so much can be done virtually now. Yeah. So like a lot of the, a lot of the, That's you know, true. location scouting, director scouting, like callbacks, all that stuff is done over zoom. So now I'm, I'm only usually coming in, you know, between five and seven days. So, okay. Yeah. It helps things. It helps and things a lot. Since becoming a dad, has it changed your attitude or view to your work? Cause you know, you hear a lot of people saying, you know, since I've become a dad, man, it's just my priorities have shifted and, uh, <laughs> you know, 
um, you know, everything's about the kids, man. It's all about the kids. Um, where, where are you with that? Because you're doing something you love, I guess. So it's slightly different. Yeah. You're very passionate about your work. So has there been any shift in that respect or is it really just, it's more of a practical issue more than anything else in terms of balancing your time? I think it's both. I mean, I, I obviously love what I do and, but yeah, everything else becomes secondary. You know, that's okay. the most important thing for me is, yeah. is family and, you know, your friends, your community, like that's the most real thing that, that those, the, you know, being present with those moments as time slips away. And, um, do you, you find know, you are present in those moments? I try to be, it's hard, you know, with, with the, you know, these, these, uh, supercomputer cell phones. Yeah. So it's like, it's easy to get pulled into, you know, I'm, I'm, I really, it's a discipline to like, when I'm at home with the kids, like put the phone away. Cause do you manage to do I, that? If, I try. Yeah, I yeah. try. Right. Um, it's, it's not easy, uh, just because you, they're addictive <laughs> yep. and, uh, they're designed to be that way. And you know, with Wait, the kids like, or the phone, the phone, both. Yeah. No, the phone. Um, yeah. yeah. And it's like, it's a quick, it can be a quick, sometimes it can be really hard to, to, you know, if you're in the, the parent zone and the kid, you know, with small kids, it's, it can be a quick escape and to just like, you know, just to check out for a second. Yeah. But also like if you're prepping a job or from and pitching on something, you know, sometimes you need answers quickly. And so it, it does liberate you in some ways because I can be out and about in the world and still be kind of connected to keeping things moving. Yeah. But it definitely is like a, it's a double-edged sword. Oh, for sure. It, you have to be careful. So yeah, I mean that, that is, you know, the fa- family life and, you know, my time here and just my home, like that's the most important thing. Um, obviously, uh, I love what I do and, and we'll continue to push all those things forward, but it's just, it just, it, yeah, it does. It puts everything into perspective because there was a time where I like all I wanted to do was work. And I, and I feel like, right. you know, there's a lot of my, especially towards the end of my twenties, I would just like kind of let go, like there's certain experiences and things that I was just like, now nah, I got to stay and work. And because I was, I was just so driven, but it's like, you don't get that time back. You know, you don't yeah. get to be, you know, now I have kids. It's like that you, you, you just have to take advantage of, of, you know, each phase of your life. And it's, it's about finding balance, you know, all the time. And I, I've, I have noticed that I'm much more efficient with, with my time. And I've heard a lot of other parents say that it's like, because you have a small window and you don't want to be working into the night. Yeah. So, you know, I, I feel like when I work, I'm, I'm way more efficient than I used to be. Um, and is that also the case for um, your sort of long form scripted projects? Because I find I'm I'm the, a master of procrastination. I mean, I'm like <laughs> fully qualified. I've, I've got a master's in it. Um, yeah. I you know I, I can procrastinate any anytime anywhere. It's done. It's um, it's hard, man. It's hard. I mean, it's I, I for the for the long form stuff. I definitely that's one of the reasons I like writing with people because it just gives me right. a reason to be accountable. Yeah. Uh, so do you always just collaborate with someone else when you're writing? I like to do that. I like, I like, um, at least like my wife and I were working on a project and like we would, I talked about it and kind of, you know, figured out the world together. And then I, and then I went off and write, would write the script and then we, we would look at it together. So that was a fun project. Uh, you know, is that the first time that you work with your wife in that capacity? Yeah. And how was yeah. that? It was good. I mean, it was, there's some challenges just because it was, it was more or less, I mean, it was basically her story. Okay. Um, and it was, or inspired by her life. She's okay. had a very interesting life. Yeah. And so, um, you know, there was, 
you know, you get into a zone of like kind of emotionally letting go of what happened versus what's best for the story and where, yes. where it can go. Yeah. So that took a little like just, you know, working through, but it was, it was pretty amazing. Um, and then there's another writer that, that I work with a lot named Billy Chu, who he and I will talk about it and then he'll go write. Um, and then there's other, you know, collaborators I work with where we will both just pass stuff back and forth. But I definitely like writing with someone because I don't know, it's just more fun. It's more fun to totally, to, it's just, it's a more fun process, you know, particularly for comedy, you know, to bounce yeah. ideas of someone, have someone else's perspective and someone just to say, no, dude, that's not funny. Yeah. I and you know, that. with, with, with comedy, like if it, if it makes you laugh, it's usually probably working. You know what I mean? Yeah. That was, that was something that we would, that Billy and I would do, would do is, and he's, a, he's one of my favorite writers, but we would just like riff on a, on a scene and kind of almost like act it out. But like, in a, you know, right. like we're almost like joking, joking around. Yeah. And, um, a lot of the stuff would go in there and it's, it's funny on the page. Yeah. So. And on, on the acting side of things, are you still acting as well? Cause I know you've like, you've acted in the past and if so, how have you found that as a balance? Cause it's quite, I mean, I guess it's becoming more and more normal now, you know, this idea of the multi hyphenate and all that, yeah. but I guess in the commercials world, you know, it's, it's more traditional just to be a, I guess, a director, a writer, director. Right. Uh, I mean, I usually only just do act in my own silly videos. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I mean, I, I again, I, I enjoy doing that. Like, I think that's probably the the purest form of of uh, expression for me of just making stuff that way. But I don't enjoy uh, auditioning. It's the worst. I think it's the worst thing in the world. <laughs> um, so I, you want to be I, on I the really other have... side of that table, right? You want to be the one making the decisions. I mean, even even that is not a comfortable place to be. You know, like no, it's it's, not, it's much easier. It's much better now, to be honest. Like I I, I think it's better virtually. Um, just oh, do because you? People can kind of yeah. You know, I just would think about like these actors drove across town yeah. to sit there, and then I'm like, no, nah, they're not right. They don't have the right look. <laughs> Whatever the the thing is, and it's like, yeah. and that was always the thing. And I've you know I've I've gone on auditions and it usually just would be like director friends would be like, Hey, will you come audition for this? But it just like, it's just not a f- good way to spend your time and life. Uh, I mean, it is if you book the job, obviously, but like when you don't do it, you're like, what am I doing? Uh, or when you don't book it. So, so did you go for a period where you were that kind of jobbing actor going to auditions? I, I never, it, again, that was like an accidental thing, like similar to the comedy where it's like, I, the reason I started acting is because there was nobody else around. Right. You know, I was okay. just like, I'll just, I'll just, I have this idea. Yeah. I was yeah. like, I, yeah, I have yeah. this idea. I'll just put myself in front of the camera. And, and I've been like, me and my brother were doing that when we were, when kids, we were just like making funny little shorts. Um, and, you know, even through, you know, it just, I've been doing that the whole time, but you know, I've, I've had friends cast me and stuff and it's like, it's, it can go either way. I can either really enjoy it <laughs> or I can be like, what am I doing? Right. You know what I mean? Why am I doing this? Um, so, but I've had, you know, I, the last experience I had, uh, was in a short film for my friend, Jessica Sanders that actually went to the film with Tribeca and, uh, I had a great time. So, you know, it all depends. Yeah. And sometimes I've, I've found when I have done some of those acting jobs or as, as you said, just being in friends projects, you end up meeting people that you collaborate with further down the line. So yeah. you never know what's going to come of it sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I do love it. I, I, it's it's something that I really enjoy, but it's not something that I put any any energy into. Maybe I should put more into it, but I, it's something that 
you know, and again, it was, it, that's one of those things that where I would, I would make something silly on Instagram and then I'd all, next to it, I'd post something I was really proud of that I just directed and people be like, oh, that was really cool. But that video you made where you're doing yeah. that thing, that was so good, dude. I watched it 10 times. So I'm like, I try to, you know, like I said, I try to listen to the reflections I get from the universe as far as, you know, what is resonating with people, you know? And so. on the Instagram front, when did you start to decide, oh, do you know, this is a thing. This is the thing, me, me creating these funny videos. And often, you know, you've, you're featuring your family in there, your wife's in there. Yeah. Was that again, a, sort of like an accidental process or were you just like, you know what, I, I, want, a, I want another avenue for my creativity where I've got complete freedom of expression. And this seems like the perfect platform to do that. I think all of those things you said, but without, I think that was just like, without thinking about it. I mean, those okay. are like, I think things that I was instinctually just like, I don't know, not to sound, I, 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 yeah, it's, it, again, it was accidental. I would say right. it was just something where it's like, this is a fun, like I can just make it on my phone. It became kind of like, almost like a sketchbook. Yeah. And there's something kind of liberating about just, you know, doing every, like my rule with Instagram is like, I just do it all on my phone. I edit on the phone. Okay. And it just, it's very like, it's nice to just kind of do something silly and it's just out there and it's not like, yeah on Vimeo or something, you know what I mean? Sure. Um, it's not like, uh, it's just separate. It's its own little thing where I can just like do something silly or, or, you know, yeah. tell a little story in some way. Yeah. But I, it, again, it was like once, once the, the Instagram started doing videos, I was like, Oh, this is, this is like, yeah, I'll just, you know, can make funny little things. And then again, it's just, you, you people end up liking them and then you just like keep it going. So I think, I think I, w I definitely was like, you know, in some sense, feeling all those things of, of that you just said, but it wasn't, it wasn't very conscious. Hello, sorry to interrupt in the middle of this insightful conversation, which I'm enjoying, I'm sure, just as much as you are. But I need to give you guys a little reminder. Uh, if you like this conversation, this episode, if you like balancing acts in general, then please do subscribe to us, rate and review us because it makes the world of difference. And the more reviews we get, the more rates we get, the more people can discover the podcast and we can make it go viral, whatever that means. Okay, back to the chat. Was there any sense, I mean, it doesn't sound like from what you're saying, but was there any sense of hesitation when you started off like, oh, how am I going to be perceived in the commercial world where, you know, often there's sort of like a certain uh, high production value aesthetic and, and that type of thing, or you completely just like, nah, fuck it. I just want to have a bit of fun. I mean, honestly, it was the, it was the opposite where the reps were reaching out and being like, dude, this is, you know, they, they would love it and they would send it to like okay. agency people. Oh, really? Um, really? Yeah. So do you think you got jobs off the back of it? I would say, you know, it would, it helps because I think people can see, uh, you know, back in the day before Zoom, it's like you were just doing conference calls. Yeah. And they don't really know who they're talking to or, or what their vibe is. And you're going to be spending a lot of time with someone. Yeah. And I think that you can get a much better sense of my comedic voice on Instagram than you can almost on <laughs> anything else just because sure. it's just me. So uh, I think it's, I think it's helped in that regard. Um, and again, I don't know. I just, it's, it's, it's just, if it's fun to, to just, you know, make people laugh. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's an intense time. So I just, I'm, you know, it just feels like put some good, good vibes out there into the world. Yeah. Um, yeah. Great. Do you plan the ideas in advance or is it very much like an idea just pops into your head? And you're like, right, 
I'm going to shoot this. It's a, it's a, it's a mixture. Okay. Sometimes I'll, you know, see something that's funny and, you know, have my take on it. Sometimes I'll just shoot, be shooting like my wife or one of my kids and, you know, the idea comes and I'll shoot my side. Okay. Um, you know, sometimes it's just like something that's filmed in the moment. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it really, there's no, there's, again, there's no, no rhyme or reason. Yeah. I don't have a lot of methodology. <laughs> Improv, keep it nice and loose. Yeah, keep it loose. Keep it loose. I think there's something yeah. definitely to be said for that, particularly when it comes to comedy as a genre. You know, sometimes mm -hmm. like when you just overly, overly prep for something or, or if you shoot, you know, when you're shooting something and the first take is was like the best take. And then you just, you do another take, another take. And it just kills, it sucks the life out of it. And by the yeah. time you're like, is this funny? I have no idea if this is funny anymore. Yeah, yeah. You start questioning it. Yeah. What am I well, I like the, the Buster Keaton approach is half on the page, half in the moment. That's great. You know, because you do need, you need to have, the idea's got to be there, but then it's really like about reacting to what you're seeing in the moment and seeing how you can you know, make it the best thing possible, but both with performance and just even where you put the camera and, yeah. you know, bringing all the elements together. But yeah, I mean, I, the, the nice thing about just doing stuff on my phone is just, it just, it's just, you know, it's like sketching, you know, you just kind of get yeah, to yeah. keep things fresh and, you know, I get a lot of ideas just from, from doing that. Great. Um, obviously it's all, you know, it's moving fast. All the algorithms are changing and it's not what it was, but it's still, it's still a nice place to just, you know, make something silly, like, and, and put it out there. Yeah. And it must be, I mean, it's satisfying, I guess, to, you see the, your, your followers, the number of your followers increase. So every time you're releasing something, you know, it's going to get a certain level of engagement. It's like tough when you're starting out and you've got like five, 10 followers. And, you know. <laughs> yeah. But even then, you know, you got to start somewhere. You, know? <laughs> you got to start somewhere, but you know, sometimes. And the important thing is that you're doing it and you're making yeah, it. And I, you know, yeah, when I, yeah. what, shortly after I did two running good cops, I did this thing called weekly warriors where I would basically okay. make a new short film every week. It was just like oh, a, wow. a challenge to myself. To make How long did you do that for? My, my, my commitment to myself was like, I'm going to make that, uh, one a week until, uh, I'm, I'm just a wor working director and I'm getting That's such a you, great idea. You picking that helicopter up. Yeah. And then yeah, we'll let it pass. Hold off you. Okay. Yeah. They're after me. Um, and, uh, so I think I did about eight, eight weeks in a row until I was like, it, it kind of brought work just from, from making it. And, you know, some things are like, you know, it was all very like, pretty lo-fi and there's there's some things floating around on the internet where i was like uh maybe should have spent a little more time on that one but um you know i think i think just making things is is what's important and you know it maybe it's not every week but maybe it's like as you're in your if you're getting started you know put your time into making one one short film that you're you know super passionate about and make that happen so it's just you know i think making things is for, for me has always been kind of my film school of just you know my way of learning and, and my way of, of um, growing. And like you said, like kind of figuring out what your voice is and things like that. Yeah. Because, you know, I think um, perfection, I said, this, I said this before, but like perfection is a killer of creativity. Perfectionism, yeah. you know, you're just like, I just need to, it's never going to be perfect. One draft, one more draft. No, dude, I mean, it, that's part of the job. I mean, part of the job is like getting your expectations um, kind of crushed. Yeah. You know, yeah, you have a certain idea in your head, and it's just about kind of rolling with it and seeing how I, you know. Again, like coming up with, um, you know, with filmmaking, you know, there's so many 
it's, you know, it's problem solving when you're directing. It's like, oh, we, we don't have the money for this thing that you wanted. So it's always about kind of trying to figure out a way to, to turn your, your weaknesses into your strengths, you know, especially when it comes to like the budget. Yeah. yeah. You know, that, that was one thing coming up doing music videos. And even just as I was, as I was getting going in music videos, it was right when the 2008 recession happened. So I've always called, there's a group of director friends. We call ourselves the recession directors just because, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, we want it to look great, but you only have $3,000 to make the video. You're like, okay, cool, great. We'll do it. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. But I guess, I guess you, you're working within the, those restraints and in a way that sort of allows you to be more creative or you've just got to be, work with what you've got. Yeah. To create something different. Yeah. And that's the nice thing about, you know, with music videos, you, you, you learn to make something look, you know, beautiful and, and uh, make it look good with, with yeah. very little yeah so that was that was i'm very grateful for that for the time doing doing music videos just for that lesson alone it was nice is there has there been anyone particularly out there whose career you look at and you kind of aspire to or aspire to in the past and maybe at a point now we're just like cool this is exactly where i want to be but is there has there been anyone who's like that's the person that's where i want to be heading i mean getting started i think most people my age um you know, who got into doing music videos and commercials, like we're, we're, you know, looking at like Spike Jones and mm-hmm. Jonathan Glazer, Michelle Gondry, um, a lot of the music video directors that were kind of crossing into making films. Cause that was always like, you know, a stepping stone. I'm like, Oh, I, I'll do music. video. I never really planned on doing commercials, but I'm like, Oh, these guys are doing music videos and then making these, these films that I love. So that's one way to get there. Um, it wasn't until I got, more serious about commercials um, until I had a family, you know, I think that that really was the, the kicker just because, you know, I needed to make a, make a living and also the dollar, dollar bills. Around. Yeah. yeah. I got to pay the bills. Got to pay the bills. Um, but there's a lot of people that I'm inspired by. I don't, I wouldn't say that I aspire. I try really hard not to compare myself to, you know, my, my peers or, or like, you know, when I see, a job that I'm or a project I'm like, oh I should have done that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it, he's done it again. God, he's so that person's so good. Yeah. Um, but it, you know, I, there's a lot of, of my peers that I've just that are that are now like it's you know, that are like the people that I'm like most inspired by. Like if I didn't know them, I'd be like, dude, that they're the ones, you know. Brilliant. You know, Hero Mirai, Janixa Bravo is incredible. Um, the Daniels. Um you know, Andreas Nilsson, I think, is is crushing the commercial game pretty hard. Um, but, you know, everyone has their own path and, and their own kind of way of getting to that place. But it's just yeah. about, you know, I, I'm just, yeah, it's more like I, I'm inspired rather than aspiring. I think, you know, That's I'm, a just, great way of paying, yeah. I'm just trying to just, you know, take it day by day and, and trusting the process of, you know, of life. So... And outside of, of work, obviously you've got kids. So I know that takes up a lot of your time, but what have you done historically to take a mind of work to unwind? Do you, do you meditate? Do you, do you exercise? What's your thing? Um, time and nature. Connection okay. to nature is, is pretty key for me. Um, what does that look have, like? What does that feel like? I mean, just being, I mean, we live in, in, in the, the mountains, Santa Monica mountains and, you know, just going for walks and, you know, just, I think nature is, is, um, always been something that like is really grounding, kind of brings things 
you know, back for me to yeah. being more centered. Psychedelics have uh, played a part in, um, you know, keeping me on track. Okay. Um, and any, you know, any particular ceremonies? Um, usually the plant medicines have been, yeah. been helpful okay. for me. Um, and in what way have know, they been helpful for you? Just in terms of like mind expansiveness? I think for me, they, they've, they've basically are, they're a huge part of my life just because I feel like they have kind of, uh, played a huge part in, um, you know, me, you know, finding my true self, I guess, beyond like all the ideas of what I'm supposed to be doing and, and things like that. It just kind of, again, brings me back to the truth for me. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that's, and, and just, again, it's just a, a reminder of, of, uh, how to, how to best spend time, our limited amount of time on this earth. So, and just the importance again, of like your connection to, um, connection to yourself, to your family, the responsibility you have of, you know, being a, um, a person on earth at this moment in time. And, um, you know, so it's, it's just a good reminder for all those things. It's hard, hard to explain, <laughs> but that's something in the, in the past. And, and, you know, that, that has always helped, helped me a lot. Okay. Yeah. Do, do you find that each time you've done plant medicine, you've got something new, I don't know, a new realization, something new has hit you that you come away with that you're able to apply to your life in some shape or form? Yeah. 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 I mean, a lot, most of the time, obviously within the, you know, it's got to be within the right container and things like that. You know, like yeah. you know, if you're out in the world or partying and things like that, it's, it's hard to, to really hear what those teachings are. But, um, you know, I think it, um, uh, every time it's always like, Oh, I remember. And then, you know, as time goes on and you get yeah. dressed up in your life and you, you slowly forget, but there's always that like, ah, I get it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then, you need you to know, life happens. Yeah. You need, it's just like, you know, you get the, you get the, you get a, you know, just like rebooting the system. Yeah. Yeah. You get the, you get the upgrade. So that's been, uh, that's, you know, that's been something that's been important to me in my life, but yeah, it, it just, you know, it's just a good, uh, it's the, it's the upgrade. Yeah. So, and it can, and it, and it, and it can help with work. I mean, all those things, it, it helps with, you know, your work, your family, all those things are, they're all connected. Mm. So I think I was excited to talk to you just because, because I think that it's a it's an interesting topic because, you know, it, you do have to, in my opinion, it's all about balancing all these things because it's it's your life, it's how you express yourself, it's it's you know, your your family life is going to affect your work, your work's going to affect your family life. They're going to kind of inspire each other, um, you know. Just like from having kids, I feel like I have a deeper understanding of what it is um, to just you know. I mean, most stories that, that we're drawn to are family stories, you know, it's mm -hmm. like, that's, that's the thing that is for all of us, we have those connections with our family, you know, whether, whether you're close to your family or not, it's like those things help form who you are. So I, I definitely feel like the, you know, being a dad has really kind of shifted the kind of stories I want to tell. Um, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So in what way is it shifted it and what has it shifted it to? Um, I guess it's like, you know, 
because my experience right now is is um trying to balance all these things there's if that i think that comes through in a lot of the stories that i'm drawn to telling is like you know how to be a, a good father or a good parent yeah while dealing with all the other um outside influences of of life yeah so um but it just i don't know it gives you just a, a deeper empathy i guess that for me personally um okay. i'm not saying everyone I'm not saying all parents are like that okay but that's just that's for me, I think it's just like a deeper understanding of, of just of existence and what other people have gone through and my parents have gone through and the challenges that they had or, and their parents and just, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. You sort of, you, you move away from that. Um, Mom and dad suck to, <laughs> oh God, maybe I was a bit of an asshole when I was well, <laughs> Now it's, it's funny because like when I watch movies, I actually, you know, and it's like the protagonist is like the teenager that's, that, that's like, you don't get me, mom yeah. and dad. I always resonate with the parents. I'm like, oh, man, <laughs> right. they don't know. They don't know what that kid doesn't know what they've been going through. You know, understand the struggle. Yeah, it's hard. You know, and it's everyone. You know, I feel like most people are doing their best and it's hard. Nobody's perfect, you know. So this is good. We're getting into the real issues. We're getting the real, in now. We're going deep. Yeah, indeed. It's good. This yeah. is, I, I hope I hope people will, I mean, this is it hasn't been that has it been funny? It's not really any funny moments. I don't think no, but the, the beauty about this subject matter is it doesn't need to be. It's not like, you know, oh, oh, you know, yeah. occasionally I'll try and, and say something funny, which usually, you know, will will land flat on its face, but then at least I'm the one that looks bad. So, you know, I'm I'm trying to protect you to, to do your you, thing. Yeah, we can it's okay. We can both look bad. We can yeah. I mean it's a safe space. It's a safe space. There is a safe yeah. space. Um, so, yeah, that's that's yeah, super interesting. So, do you notice like when you're off kilter? Do you notice like when something is out of balance? So, you're, like you were saying, when you're going away for work and you're sucked into that, are you aware that everything isn't uh, sort of like symmetrically aligned? You know, uh, in, in alignment type things. Like, oh, I need to I need to zone in on this now. I need to zone in more family time because I've been doing this. And so you, yeah. it's, it's, it's constantly like a balancing act. It is. Yeah, yeah very yeah. much. Yeah. And sometimes you just have to be like, you know, it's, it's going to be hard for everybody. I have to go to this, this project and this is what has to happen right now. And we, we have to work as a team, you know, like I think the teamwork is important. Um, and then when I get home, I try to just be as present as possible. Again, sometimes you're tired and, you know, it takes a minute to kind of click back into family mode. Yeah. But it's uh i feel like i'm getting better at it yeah um you know it's it's definitely but it's you know it's a challenge it's an added it's an added layer because you know back in before kids it's like you come home from a project you're tired you go you do things that are going to nourish your soul and kind of get back into you know like you do whatever you need to do sleep in yeah you know go you know exercise or things like that hang out with friends do do those things but like with kids it's you can't really do you know you don't have the time for yourself because it's about yeah. at least with the kids at this age, you know, they're three and six. So it's like, okay. we're pretty deep in it. Yeah, I'm sure. I, I know it'll get easier and, and harder in different ways as they get older, but um, you know, but that's just, that's, that's just how I like to do it. You know, I think my priority is, is the family and, and showing up for them. So, but at the same time, if, that, if that's also includes me going and, and have, and, you know, pushing my career because it's all, it's all one thing, you know? 
Yeah. And also I, I would imagine, you know, cause you're doing something that you love and you're passionate about. If you were to take your, your foot off the gas and just go all in on being a family man, which, which you are anyway, that there might be some elements of resentment, um, arise as, as a result. Exactly. Yeah. You got it. It's it, again, it's, it's a, it's the, it's all connected, you know, it all has to kind of, you know, obviously it's nice when I have a little bit of time in between projects, but there'll be, there'll be times where like, you know, like I said, lately it's felt kind of seasonal, like the spring was relatively slow. Yeah. And in the past I would get kind of a little down because when I don't work that much, I get a little down, but instead I was just like, I knew that it was going to pick up at some point I was going to get busy. And I just, you know, we went on a vacation and I just, I just went in full, full into t- spending time with family and then just developing those other projects, the longer form stuff. Um, right. So, you know, again, I'm always like, I'm learning and, and trying to, you know, adjust and, and make it better. So, yeah. Cause you know, my, cause my wife's had to deal. Yeah. Well, she's had to deal with a lot. Like when I'm not working, then it's like, I'm almost like, you know, not feeling good because I'm not working and then I'm not really present with or enjoying my time at home when, which is when I'm actually at home. And that's the tricky thing about, you know, this job is that you, you kind of ride that high of of working a lot. And then when it stops, it's nice for a minute, but there's always a moment. I know I'm not the only person, but there's a, you know, I know other filmmakers that are like, Oh, I had a good run. Right. Yeah. You know, Start uh, going on yeah. to go on to LinkedIn. Guess, yeah. Looking for a new I guess career. I better update the LinkedIn. Yeah. And yeah. uh, you know, I guess I could, you know, I have I have some other skills, I think. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think for that reason it's 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 definitely good to diversify and have other projects in the and you know that you can put your energy into because it's really easy when it slows down to be like, well, I'm done. So going back to you were saying, when you were having moments where you were quiet work-wise and you would feel down, do you think that, that did your your career then have a, a big impact on your your mental health? And then if so, was it becoming a dad that shifted that because you knew you didn't have the time anymore to, you didn't have that luxury to almost yeah. sort of be down and mope around? Yeah. I mean, it would still happen sometimes, yeah. you know, I've just, because I think, you know, uh, I get, I, I feel like I, I, I get a lot of validation to who I am when I'm working. Yeah. Um, and so like I, an e- and like as in from what an ego thing, an ego perspective, it's not ego. It's just like, you just, you know, you have purpose Yeah. and okay. you know, yeah. you have something other than being a parent, which is, you know, which is your, obviously your number one purpose, Yeah. but I, I, I just, it's just, you know, it's more like, it's something that I don't think about as like, I don't know. It's, it definitely is. Uh, there's been times where I've gotten down just because, you know, you know, you want to feel good about yourself as far Mm -hmm. as like, you know, pushing your, your career or feel good about, you know, just your, if you're a creative person, you're, you're happiest when you're making things for sure. Um, sure. It's the process that that's fun. Obviously I don't, I'm not necessarily talking about pitching, but like, you know, the, the process of, of, you know, collaborating with people and the kind of high you get from that is, is, makes you feel good. So I think, but definitely lately I've, I, I've, I've, instead of getting down, I've, I've definitely have moved into just enjoying the time and just trusting that it'll pick up when it's supposed to. Yeah. I think right. ultimately it's all about trusting because if it's, yes. it's, you know, 
we're not in control, but if you just trust that it's all has its own process and there'll be ups and downs, you can kind of ride that wave with that kind of knowing that it'll, it's, it's going to change anyway. So you might as well enjoy where you're at in that moment. Yeah. Especially with small kids, it's like, it's going to change and it's changing fast. Like, you know, you, you watch the phases and there's a moment where you're like, oh, it's going to be like this forever. And the next month it's totally different. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just trying to be, you know, my biggest goal right now is just trying to be as present as possible with my life, you know, right here, right now. Um, Cause it's, you know, we don't, we're not here forever with Mm -hmm. this illusion that we, you know, that we are going to be here forever or, or it is going to be you know this version of life but as we've learned in the last couple of years it's like th- things change fast and we just have to be present with where you're at yeah yeah it's like well this um buddhist philosophy is that everything is impermanent yeah that's the no, only nothing nothing stays the same yeah impermanence is the only uh the only thing that there is that should be a quote and you should put the us in there too. impermanence yeah. is uh the only thing <laughs> that there is end quote put that on a sticker put that's it on the side hustle it. next time work work gets quiet really disjointed spiritual quotes yeah and there's definitely yeah. a niche for it like maybe they don't totally make sense like but you you kind of get it yeah yeah that'd um, be good yeah i think sometimes it's hard for people to wrap their their heads around that you know because there's a security in the sameness there's a security that comes with the the routine and just sort of like, right, I know I'm going to be doing this today and this tomorrow and this, this, this. But yeah, as you said, we both know no, things can just change in a flash in a minute. And you've, you've got to kind of keep it loosey, loosey, mother goosey. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, that's, that's what's up. And we don't, we don't think about our own mortality, you know? So that's the other thing about this uh, Western culture is that it's not, it's, it's something you ignore and you just put it over there and then it, then it happens or, you know, you get old and you're like, what did I do? Yeah. Where did, where did the time go? So yeah, that's like, you know, again, it's all, it's all learning for me and just trying to uh, adjust my life so that I'm, you know, in, enjoying the moments, whether I'm busy or not. Yeah. Um, and again, it's, you know, there's moments with small kids where it's, it's challenging because, you know, they're having a tantrum or whatever it may be. And, you know, it's just, it's just, you know, trying to be, trying to be in the moment with it all. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Cause it, man, it's so, it requires so much patience. A friend of mine was saying the other day, he's a new dad. And he said, he's noticed on the occasions where he's drunk the night before, he's not a big drinker, but well, let's say he's had like, I don't know, a glass or two or whiskey. And he said, he felt slightly hungover. He can feel himself being more impatient yeah with his kids do you drink and if so are you, have you sort of experienced that or do you sort of like think you know what it's not even worth the hassle because it's so full-on i don't drink right yeah. have you always been a non-drinker no i definitely have gone through phases in my life where i where i drank um, okay uh but in the last i would say eight ish years i would yeah. say i'm not i, I i'm not uh, against it like i'll if special occasions like when i go down to mexico and for work or or for vacation i'll have some you know i, I enjoy like a good tequila oh yeah sure, sure. Or sure. but that's about it mm-hmm. you know i just i enjoy my life more when, when i'm not drinking and that's yeah. it that's purely all it is okay and, and for that same reason i like waking up feeling good yeah 
I, I, I'm not, I don't have the type of, I'm not the type of person who can drink a few beers and not feel it in the morning. If I have like one drink, I'll, I feel it. And then I'm like, what am I doing? Why did I do that? It's yeah. not worth it. No, the anxiety as well that comes with it. Yeah. So just, I, again, it's just, I'm just refining what, what, what works. works and, best. and is that a similar approach in terms of diet? Are you quite specific about diet or are you a bit more? Yeah. Relax. Yeah. I'm pretty, I mean, I, I try to eat as clean, you know, as clean as possible for the same reason. It's just like you find things that you find what, what works for your body and what makes you yeah. feel good. And then you just go with that. And that's, yeah. that's kind of how I, you know, and you notice it, don't you? When you look, when like when you get full off the wagon, and uh, you start eating junk food, I, I, I for one, I, I can just notice it. And my body just reacts in a different way. Yeah, just every once in a while, you got you got to indulge, you know. It's yeah, for good. sure, got to live your life. But, but I definitely, you know, when I'm at home, uh, and I and I have control over what we eat, you know, um, I really one thing that I've gotten into the last year, we have a garden. Okay. So growing, growing your own food is, yeah, that, that's really special. And just like, you know, having fresh vegetables is pretty incredible. Mm. Um, and you definitely feel the difference there, but like, yeah, I think it's like, we're at the point in our lives where we, in human history, where it's really important to pay attention to where your food's coming from, where your water is coming from the basics. We need to get back to the basics because there's, you know, you're getting apples from New Zealand that have to travel all this way, or you're, you know, you don't know with, you know, what's being fed to the chicken that you eat or whatever it may be, yeah, you know, yeah. what's sprayed on the vegetables. So I think it's, you know, I think paying attention to what is, uh, where your food's coming from and your water. That's, that's what's up. That's what's up. I mean, I'm not telling that's, anyone how to live their life. No, but I think we've just, you whatever uh, you want. That's just me. <laughs> well, we just stumbled across another quote, t-shirt quote, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Where's your food and water coming from? Just asking. End quote. That's what's up. Yeah. No, we get, um, we get, um, you know, where my wife's from in Vermont, they have the most incredible fresh spring water just right out of the sink, right out of the faucet. Nice. And you feel it. You feel the difference, you know? Yeah. But yeah. Um, I feel like we covered a lot of stuff. Oh, well, we've, we've, we've really, uh, we've been on a journey. That's fresh water. Fresh water. Are you sipping there? This is fresh spring water that I get uh, delivered from. It's called the live, uh, live spring water. Okay. It's, it comes from uh, Opal Springs, I think, in Mount Shasta. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to nod my head pretending I know where that is. <laughs> uh, Northern California. Uh, are you a reader, a listener, or, or sort of the traditional form? Uh, trying to read more. Okay. I'm sure like most people. Yeah. But no, have not been a reader as of the last couple of years. Okay. Um, are there any uh, books that you've read over the course of your life that have uh, particularly inspired you in some shape or form? Hmm. I'm trying to think of, uh, let's see, The Alchemist. Yeah. Paula Quilla. That's a fantastic read. It's classic. Um, I think The Four Agreements. Mm-hmm. Don Miguel Ruiz, I believe. Yeah. That's a good one, I think. It's like good, just the basics, you know, yeah. of kind of, you know, how to live a, a a life of integrity. Um, I feel like a lot of the books I read are, are more in that vein of just kind of, I don't know, the Eckhart Tolle book definitely changed my life when okay. I read it. Power of Now. Power of Now. Yeah. But, um, what was the second one he did? Earth. Uh, yeah. A New Earth. 
That's it. Yeah, New Earth. Yeah. That was really good. Um, Be Here Now, Ram Dass. That that definitely is like a, was like my intro into all of this stuff. I read it when I was like, I think 22. Okay. Um, so those are the things that are coming to mind. I'm sure I'm, I'm missing some other, some other ones. The Bible. Yeah. The Bible. Keep that by your bed every night. I actually haven't read that. I, I, I I've been wanting to read it. Do you, do you, what would you, you interested in reading it all the way through? I mean, I want to check it out. Yeah. Yeah. It makes yeah. sense. It's quite an influential piece. Yeah. It's very influential. Um, I was reading an article the other day. I can't remember where it was, but it was talking about at, um, how uh, it's useful to read just to understand story structure. Yeah. How, you know, from the perspective of conflicts and, and tensions and, you know, all the usual, usual shit you hear about writing. No, um, that's one of the reasons I need to read more. It's just it's an important thing for the craft. Yeah. Um, and also for your brand. Yeah. No. Have you read um, Joseph Campbell's Hero's yeah. Journey? Was yeah. It that? yeah, Joseph Campbell's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I definitely listen to uh, a lot of his talks too. Yeah, Hero with a, a Thousand Faces. I mean, he's he's incredible. Yeah, I mean, a lot of a lot of the stuff that I've read has been like you know, like Terence McKenna, Joseph Campbell. I mean, that's the stuff that I was most interested in, rather than um, fiction. But yeah. um, you know, I'm 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 looking for some some good. Some good records. Okay. I'll drop you an email. Drop, drop me an email. The Bible yeah. will be top of the list. I go through phases. I, I like to read more fiction. I just, it's a weird one, isn't it? Because I feel like reading nonfiction is more useful. You know, I feel like, oh, it's, it's I read nonfiction, um, like said, Joseph Campbell, whatever, and it's things that I can apply to my career or to my life. But often it's just the same with, with fiction. You know, you're always going to learn something from it. Yeah. Um, some takeaways, at least. And I love just getting sucked into a story. You suddenly like, how's the best? It's just hours and hours go by. I know it's best. I mean, it has been. It's been some years. I mean, I will say that, like, since I've had kids, it's reading is hard harder because yeah. usually by the end of the night is when the, I have time to to read. I mean, I read I read scripts. I read scripts that are sent to me or you know things like that. Yeah. Um, and but like by the time that I actually get around to reading or bedtime, like I can't make it two pages without falling asleep. Yeah. So I usually. <laughs> that's the, you know hasn't been in the flow but it's, i'm definitely working on on shifting that and reading more yeah for sure all right Mo, look, it's been great chatting to you i want to just ask you a final question um dugan what does the idea of balance mean to you or not well you can see here i got a i don't know this is you're gonna see it but this is a chemical symbol for fire you can show me um for listeners who can't see we're not watching this video show me his tattoos on his forearms yeah. And then I also have sun, the sun and the moon. So it, it's always about this, this, you know, I feel like the universe is, is in a constant balancing act. So I think it's just about, you know, to be in balance within yourself, with your environment, with your family, with your work, it's all uh, connected and, and, you know, equally important. Um, if one thing's off, then it's going to affect the other thing. So I think that there is this, uh, constant balancing act in the universe and so it's just you know there's the micro and the macro um boom spiritual quote t-shirt t-shirt uh, three when the micro is a macro um <laughs> but yeah i mean if, for me personally it, it, it's a con constant balancing act that i'm always trying to uh refine because it's you know 
I think that's what life is. Is this, you know, modern life is this balancing act between all these different things that these different areas are being pulled, mm. especially with your attention, you know? And like, I, I think that with these devices and things like that, they, they want your attention. So it's like being in balance with that and where you're putting your attention and making sure that you're still able to like listen to your own instincts and your own uh, thoughts and, you know, being present with the people that are around you and, you know, balancing that with, you know, your work life and making sure you're also nourishing yourself and, and, you know, your spiritual body. So I think that's, that's to me what it, what it means. I don't know if I even answered the question remotely. No, you did. You definitely did. And some, and some, yeah, that's great, man. Really great. Where can people keep up to date with what you're up to work-wise? Um, is, is Instagram the best place? Yeah. Instagram. I have a website that has some work on it. Duganoneal.com. Okay. But I guess Instagram would be probably the best. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure I have an old MySpace page floating around. <laughs> yeah. I've often wondered. What, what happened to those? Yeah. Yeah. I, they I, go away? I don't know. I think uh, some of them are still out there. They're still floating in the internet abyss, but yeah. with just sort of like one pixelated image i think sort of the back catalog is just we all knew now. for a brief moment in time we all knew html those backgrounds and stuff we were coding these are the good days man those are the good days no no the tom and your it, top eight friends yeah yeah that guy um oh, thanks so much man this has been awesome i really no, appreciate uh, likewise having me. really appreciate your time and uh great chat with you perfect catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.